Hello, everyone, and welcome to Extra Innings, the podcast that gives you an exclusive behind-the-scenes look and commentary on Market Scale's Welcome to the Show, a reality television series that follows the Savannah Bananas, the collegiate summer league baseball team that is changing the sport with their brand of fan-first entertainment. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and on this episode, we chat with Chip Maxson, general manager for the Sacramento Rivercats, the AAA affiliate of the San Francisco Francisco Giants. He gives us a rundown of his thoughts on all three episodes, diving into favorite moments, scenes, and personalities. Maxson also explains his take on a cultural shift in collegiate summer league and minor league baseball, the ways he crafts his own team culture, and what makes the task so difficult but so essential. Maxson also can't help but point out some of the craziest and riskiest fan-first moments the Bananas pulled off, and how he's looking to implement that same creativity into the Sacramento Rivercats. All right, Chip, great to have you on Extra Innings today. How are you doing? Dana, doing great, man. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I'm excited to get your take on all three episodes of Welcome to the Show and some insights that you've pulled from watching the Savannah Bananas in action, and some of the things that the Sacramento Rivercats are doing the same, doing differently, some things you agree with, disagree with. You know, we're going to dive in to get some behind the scenes action and commentary on the whole show. Uh, so I know that you actually just ran into one of the sales guys from the Savannah Bananas, which is is pretty funny that now we're talking about them at the same time. Yeah, I'm at the, the minor league baseball promotional seminar, and uh, I was presenting on um, just uh, retention and service uh, of ticket accounts, and Daniel McCurdy came up afterwards, and we started chatting briefly and talking a little bit about what the, the Bananas are trying to do, and uh, mentioned I had just watched the uh, the episodes and was going to be on the podcast, so uh, so impeccable timing. Oh yeah, I love it. I love when the stars align. Yeah, it's it's great, and, and I love what you guys are doing. Uh, many of us many of us have said that somebody needs to to do a mini series on all the goofiness that is uh, that is minor league baseball. So uh, thank you for what you're doing. No, but yeah, thank you so much. Uh, you know, and thank you for continuing to help push baseball to the next level. You know, I really think that is what I loved so much about watching the Savannah Bananas do their thing is especially just seeing Jesse and the way he talked about baseball was almost like, you know, he didn't really have a lot of reverence for the sport or the tradition itself, not in like a a blasphemous way, but in a way that was sort of you know, knowing and telling that it's time for baseball to evolve, that it's not just about the sport and about keeping the tradition that's been in place for hundreds of years, that it's got to be nine innings, it's got to be done this way, it's got to be really self-serious, that, you know, it's okay to push the mantle, it's okay to try something new, something creative, something off-kilter that might not sell, you know, it might rub people the wrong way, but at the end of the day, you're when you do succeed, it gets people's heads turning and it gets people engaged and it gets people in the stadium that might never have been to a baseball game in the first place. So that's what really got me going about the Savannah Bananas. You know, what have you seen them do that kind of gets you fired up like that? You know, how do you feel about this evolution of baseball and what the Savannah Bananas are trying to do to push fan first entertainment forward? You know, I, I love what's going on. I love what they're doing. And I think it, it's just a reflection of what we're seeing in, in baseball is as well. And, you know, I, I would have called myself a purist 
10 to 15 years ago, um, playing baseball and coming up and, and playing through college and all the unwritten rules. Um, but we, we see it now. I mean, we see the bat flips. We see players having fun. We see uh, Players Weekend, which what what MLB is doing with the goofy names and socks and shoes. And um, everybody realizes that it's okay to have fun playing, playing baseball. And, and really, I think um, it is thanks to teams like the Savannah Bananas. Minor league sports have been doing this for years and, and years. And, and again, one of the reasons I, I love this industry so much is there is creativity. There is fun. We're not afraid to go out there and, and smile. And yeah, you want to act like you've done it before, uh, but you can do that with a big smile and you can do that having fun with, with the people around you. And, and I remember when I, when I first met Jesse and his wife several years ago, and, and I can't remember if it was winter meetings or the promo seminar um, or something else. And, uh, and just, their desire to to learn what other teams are doing. I mean, they wanted to soak in as much about the business and entertainment side as, as they possibly could. Um, and, and now it's fun just to see that that dream of theirs. It's such a great reality where where they truly are entertaining at a ballpark. Uh, and, and baseball may just be the um, may, maybe the backdrop. But then, as you saw in, in some of the episodes, the baseball is part of the fun with the goofiness with, with the players or the, the the player having a date during the game. Um, and, and so, you know, there, there's there's a lot of ways to have fun. And, and I love that they're not afraid to, to try and take it a step further. Right. And I don't really even think it's about getting rid of the sport or thinking of the sport as something secondary. It's just about evolving the nature of the sport to something that no one would have really ever associated baseball to, to be. Uh, you know, it, it's pushing what does it mean to go to a baseball game and, and what actually constitutes the rules of the game, the, the spirit of the game. And that's what I think has more room to change in collegiate summer league and minor league baseball because, you know, there isn't as much pressure, as much tradition to keep things consistent. There is a little more wiggle room to be kooky, be wacky, be a little off kilter. And I think that is starting to leak its way up. You know, I think I think fans are starting to show that they love that kind of content. They love that experience. You have people that represent those communities going to games who couldn't care any less about baseball. You know, they didn't grow up baseball family. They didn't watch baseball growing up, but they're going, you know, every week to a Savannah Bananas game or a Gwinnett Stripers game or a Sacramento Rivercats game. And it's because people are doing something different because they're trying to push the mantle. And I think that's really exciting. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're spot on. And you mentioned it just a little earlier, too, that um, what, what's happening at, at some of these ballparks now, and especially in Savannah, it's bringing fans bringing new fans out. It's bringing a, a family and, and a young child out or, or children out that, uh, that haven't gone to a baseball game before. And here's their opportunity to go. And it's such a fun environment. Uh, they end up becoming fans for life. So I think, I think this is extremely important um, for the longevity of, of baseball. And, and again, you, you see it to your point, it's leaking up Major League Baseball, um, you know, from the commissioner's office is taking this very seriously and how to speed up the game and, and make it more fun for fans of all ages. And I think uh, 
I think they can learn a couple lessons from what's happening in, in Savannah and across minor league baseball. Yeah, I completely agree. So I'd like to get your thoughts on the show itself. Uh, you know, since this is extra innings, some behind the scenes action on Welcome to the Show. After watching those three episodes, what were some of your major takeaways? You know, now that it's been out for a little bit, you've had time to sit on it. Um, you know, what were some favorite moments? Some some insightful things that you took away from watching the show? You know, I think it it was. Um, one of the things that really jumped out to me is I was encouraged. And, you know, as GM of a team, it's, it's important to, um, to run the fr- franchise and I'm responsible to the owners. And so I want to make sure that, that the business is in good standing, uh, that, we're, that we're doing the right things. And, and sometimes there's a conflict of, and I don't know if I want to try something new because I know something else works and, and that's sold tickets for us. And so it's easy to stay in that, in that comfort zone. And I was just encouraged uh, I mean, just looking at, at the lead up to, to opening day, um, you know, in, in the fir- first episodes and, and their fan fest and, and just some of the, the different ways, the, the banana eating contest, um, you know, different ways that they're interacting and, and having fun with, with the fans. Um, you know, that just, again, encouraged me uh, to be creative and, and to not be afraid to uh, to think outside the box. And I think we all need that that encouragement from, from time to time. Um, I had to laugh, too, as as. I think it was in episode two when Jesse was walking around the ballpark opening day and just the lead up to opening day and everything that needs to get done and him, him reminding his staff plan. If you think you want, you're going to do this at four o'clock, started at two 30. And um, I mean, that's, that's such my attitude as, as well, whatever you can get done, get it done because there's always more work to do. And, uh, and then just the details of the experience from the puddle to, um, you know, that waiting in line for food and beverage. Uh, we, we took food and beverage in house in 2017. And, and I definitely had a lot of that anxiety. Um, long lines were, were my, my nemesis all year and, and trying to work with the operator saying, Hey, what can we do to speed this up? We're all one team. Uh, let's, let's work together. And so, you know, and then the, even the conversations on, on leadership and how to deal with those situations, um, just, just looked at it as, as an overall organization, uh, it just reminded me, encouraged me, reminded me uh, about the importance of some of the small things um, and, and just got me excited about the industry that uh, that we're in. Yeah. Well, uh, you mentioned food and beverage. You know, we've spoken to Corey Brandt, um, y'all's general manager for food and beverage, and it's great getting his insight on the whole thing as well. But what I really enjoy is you know, what I'm hearing both from you and from him is that there's a lot of teamwork that needs to go on behind the scenes to make sure everything goes off without a hitch. And I, I think it's really important too to craft that company culture, that team culture, where everyone is on that same page of, all right, we, we can never really turn off. You know, when we're at the park, there's always work to be done. There's always ways to improve that fan first experience. And to a degree, I mean, I think that can be kind of exhausting. Like I, it's, it's tough to always be on and always be looking for the next thing to fix or the next thing to improve, you know, it doesn't really give you a chance to breathe, but at the same time, it's worth it because the fans are going to feel like everyone is trying to give them that best experience possible. And, you know, whether it's the people working the concession stands or whether it's you, you know, general manager, it, there's that same level of passion and interest. Uh, you know, how do you try and create that team culture from, you know, people working concession stands to to you, to Corey, to the actual players themselves? You know, you're, you're right. It's a cultural thing. And, and 
uh, it doesn't happen overnight. And that's something that, that we've been um, trying to work on in, in Sacramento for, for quite some time now. The, the good thing is, is that Corey and I have a background. Um, he ran food and beverage for us and operations up in Tacoma um, with the, the Rainiers, and we were up there together. So he and I had worked together and, and more. Um, I was VP of tickets, so we, we had some conflict. And we had to learn how to, when, when one of my guys would screw up something and put his, his staff in a bad spot, um, you know, there was conflict. And so we had to learn how to how to resolve that years ago. And so now in, in our roles here, it's much more of that. We've, we've learned to deal and communicate with each other. And, and we've learned to to try and, and build culture. We know where those pinch points come. We know the busy nights. And, and what I loved was um, in 2017, when, when things, you know, we may have had a little hairy night, a, a not-for-profit group may not have shown up, or we were short on staff and lines were building up, we would have some ticket reps um, jump in and, and help wrap hot dogs just to, to move things along. And, and I remember Corey and I were, <laughs> he did, he did the dirty work. I think I was doing more, doing more observation. Uh, one of our grease traps had gotten clogged. And so, you know, here we are, um, trying to deal with that issue as, as gates are opening and, you know, and he's got the, um, you know, the shot back down there, sucking it all out. And it wasn't pretty by any means, but it was teamwork and collaboration. And I think that was great for, um, some of our game day staff, when they see our full-time staff, when they see Corey getting in, involved um, in, in, in day-to-day activities, uh, that, that tells them that we care and we care about them and, and that we care about the success. And so I think it's some of that just being visible uh, and, and being purposeful. I, I loved, um, you know, in, in, in the video watching Jesse um, get down there with his staff during the game and interact with, with the fans. Cause I think that's, that's a big part of it as, as well. And we'll, uh, I know our last homestand, I challenged all of our directors and, and vice presidents to make sure we got down and whether it was helping the ushers wipe down seats or just going up to ushers and talking to them, calling them by name, saying, hey, Bob, it's been a great year. It's been a pleasure to work with you. Thanks for all the hard work. Just those simple thank yous um, go a real long way as, as well. Because in the end, we're all going to have times where we need to lean on each other. Um, and we preach build up the good equity. So if you need to make a withdrawal, it's there uh, and people are happy to help you out. Yeah, I, I love that. You know, you it's the simple adage of you get out what you put in. Right. You know, it's it's simple, but it makes sense. It's easy, to, easy to say, hard to do, uh, especially when you're you know in the middle of a, of a ball season and eight games in a row or whatever it is. And it's hot and sweaty out. Uh, you know, it's easy to sit in an air conditioned office, but it's getting out there and, and working shoulder to shoulder with your staff that, that makes a difference. Right. Completely agree. So, you know, th- kind of to turn the page a little bit, um, I, you know, I think what Jesse and his team do, I think a lot of their you know experimentation with bringing something new to the table every time, it takes a lot of a lot of risk and courage to a degree because, you know, there is the possibility that they try to pull something off and the audience hates it or it just really fumbles and then they're stuck with a disaster of, you know, they they tried something, it didn't work, and now, you know, they got to try again next time. And that's what's great is that you get that next time, but there's still that pressure of delivering with something new, consistently inconsistent. Um, It's exciting, but it's stressful. So, you know, what is something that you saw them do in the show that you may not have done yourself? You know, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't see myself wanting to do this because the risk is pretty high. 
but you know you can learn something from what they've done and you know maybe try and implement something creative on your end you know i, I love and and forgive me um the uh the director of, of fun or, or vp of fun the, the new guy they brought in yeah tyler, tyler. I, I i love i love his approach and that's been one of ours is in the end um, our, our three pillars are, are clean, safe, and fun. And, and we feel that if we can provide a clean ballpark, it's safe for, for fans of all ages to enjoy themselves, and it is a fun environment, um, then, then that's, that's going to be a recipe for success. And, and watching Tyler and, and seeing his approach, again, to, to the antics, I go back to the player on a date with, with the elderly lady. I mean, that's awesome. Who's not going to like something like that, you know? But it, it takes – it takes courage to try and pull something like that off because um, it's it's not necessarily uh, something easy to do. And so um, it, it's stuff like that. And as I was watching that show, I was like, yeah, I need to think more outside the box. And, and I need to sit down and, and review some of the, the goofy Jesse and Tyler reviewing the promotions, you know, before the season uh, and just coming up with a lot of ideas beforehand and, and sifting through and, and, figuring out which ones we think will be great hits and, and which ones we're just going to try and, and see what happens. And, and so often I, I tell my, my marketing team, I say, Hey, let's remember the first pancakes, never the best. Uh, it's not the prettiest. Uh, and so let's do the first one, but that's going to lead to the second and third one being much better. And so uh, I feel like that same approach, you know, Savannah bananas take that approach to everything that, that they do. They're willing to try uh, and that's just going to lead to a better product. And we've, we've seen that over the years and their success has grown because their product has gotten better and they're, they're understanding more and more uh, what people like and, and what they're responding to. And, and along with that, people are willing to put up with something if, it, if it's not a hit. Uh, if they try something new, people appreciate the new attempt, um, even if, even if you know, it, it's not going to stick. And so uh, – as I was watching that, I was like, okay, that, you know what? We need to get back to the drawing board. Um, look at, at all the promotions that, that we're doing. How are we involving different members and personalities on, on our staff uh, and, and of our fans? Uh, and, and how can we um, really build some humor and fun and entertainment and, through that? Yeah, absolutely. So the last thing I wanted to hit on is I wanted to sort of look – Look! Look in the back. Or hold on. Let me let me rephrase that. Um, so the last thing that I wanted to hit on with you is to sort of look backwards a little bit, reminisce a bit on basically an event that you think really encapsulates what the Savannah Bananas are trying to reach with their fan first experience. Now, this event is something that the Sacramento River Cats have done that you helped put together or that you saw, you know, on the field. Um, whether it was a fan, you know, like something big, some big fan first experience, uh, you know, interaction with a fan, or it could be something little, you know, a personal interaction off the field, uh, something that you think really encapsulates uh, fan first through and through uh, that the Sacramento River Cats have done and how you see it, you know, representative of what the Savannah Bananas and, you know, kind of what minor league and collegiate summer league baseball are are trying to accomplish in this new wave of, you know, being being a little out there, but being really authentic with how they connect with their um, with their fans. Yeah, well, first of all, let me tell you, I loved, um, again, I think it was the, I think it was the Fan Fest when um, they ran out of hamburgers and somebody jumped up and said, let's give people samples of, of the mini corn dogs. And so I started walking the line 
um, giving people samples. And, and Jesse was right when he said that's fans first, that's ownership. Um, I think all teams long, we strive for that ownership where everybody buys in and wants to to create um, to create that kind of experience at, at our ballpark. That's what uh, differentiates you from from everybody else. Uh, I think in, in Sacramento, we we uh, we do a pretty good job um, of, of situations like that. Um, I'm trying to think specifically. Our, our, I love the stories I get from our, our ticket sales reps where uh, just recently, uh, towards the end of the season, we had um, a lady want to come out, want to bring um, her, I think it was her 85-year-old um, father out to, to a game. They weren't sure how many more games it could be a part of um, and, and bought tickets, but we're, ha- we're having problems finding the right seats, you know, with ADA accessibility. And so called in and, and one of our ticket reps answered the phone and, and found out about it and, and said, hey, let me let me make this special for you. Why don't you come out and can you guys come, you know, right when gates open and we'll take the elevator down and I'll I'll get your grand or your, your father down on the field, and your entire family down there. We'll take a picture um, and, and make sure they had seats where you didn't have to go down steps. And, and during the game, made sure that his name was up on on the video board uh, and we even posted on, on social media about. Uh, him choosing to enjoy his evening at, at the ballpark. And so it was just one of those where um, there was an opportunity to go above and beyond uh, for this family. And and we got lucky. We didn't know about it ahead of time. She bought tickets online. The daughter bought tickets online. Um, but then because there was a hiccup and she was having difficulty finding the right experience, she called in. Um, and that gave our, our ticket rep the opportunity to, to go above and beyond. And, and so it's stories like that that uh, warm my heart as, as a GM, warm my heart as a human being, um, and it makes me so proud of of our, our staff and, and what we do. When you see that ownership um, come to life through through those types of, of experiences. Yeah, well, you know, it's that mentality of seeing a problem and not just fixing it, but trying to turn it into an unforgettable memory, right? Like seeing that, okay, there is an issue here. Um, How do we fix it as a team? How do we make sure this fan has a great experience? But then not just settling for, okay, this fan is going to have, you know, the experience they thought they were going to have, but turning that turning that issue into something that they'll never forget that is really special for them, but also for you, you know, you get to feel like you went above and beyond for this fan. And then you set a precedent for yourself as a team, as a GM, as you know, as just a a part of the community that you really value the people within it, and and that you're representative of those people, and I think that's what's really special about minor league baseball and collegiate summer league baseball, and the way it's evolving is that I think it's becoming even more so a staple of its representative community, and um, you know, is is representing the people that live and breathe it every day. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right, and it's. Um, I, it, it, now as we're talking, I'm, I'm sort of thinking through some of the goofy things that, that we've done, you know, over the last couple of years as well, including we had a, a marriage between innings where our MC was ordained and our mascot, um, you know, was the, was the, uh, uh, was the best man in, in the, in the marriage on field. So a 90 second marriage, you know, another time we did, uh, it was uh, musical chairs of the proposal at the end this year, and that received that went viral and had you know hundreds of thousands of, of views on on social media. And so, uh, it's just, it, it's being able to have fun. It's looking for opportunities to to serve, as you talked about, to ingrain that into your culture. Where 
the expectation, the bar is set on, on how we want to take care of people. And then just having fun through the antics and, and just every day when we when we come to work at, at our ballpark, just making sure we enjoy it and our fans enjoy it. And, and in the end, uh, you know, I, I believe that that's what's so special makes minor league baseball and, and summer college ball so strong. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Well, thank you so much, Chip, for coming on the podcast and giving us your insight, you know, diving into what you really loved about Welcome to the Show, and then how the Sacramento Rivercats is also trying to push the mantle and be different, be unique, and be authentic in their community and, uh, you know, really help evolve minor league baseball and baseball as a sport. So thanks again, Chip, for coming on the podcast. Daniel, thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of Extra Innings. And if you'd like to hear more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. And make sure you head to marketscale.com slash industries to watch all three episodes of Welcome to the Show. You don't want to miss them. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.